Today's very special Yankees Red Sox Holy War edition of the Bill Simmons podcast brought to you as always by ZipRecruiter. You know, it's not smart giving up on Sony Michelle after one bad game. That was stupid. Nephi Kyle did it too. It wasn't just me. Oh, come on. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a right way, a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your job actively invite them to apply. You get qualified candidates really, really fast. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets for sporting events, concerts, and more. Maybe even some MLB playoff games. Oh, yeah. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, MLS playoffs coming up too. I just got an email about that. My tickets went way up. Goes up every round. I guess that's what happens when it's the MLS. Use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We are brought to you by Halloween Unmasked, our new narrative podcast about the movie Halloween and it's the making of the effects it had on 40 years of horror movies. We have put two episodes up all about how it was made and why it was made. And um, it's pretty cool. Hosted by Amy Nicholson. Check it out. Subscribe now. Speaking of podcasts, Matt Damon was on the last BS podcast. If you missed that one, um, I got an unusual amount of really good feedback for that one. I think that might've been a hall of famer. The people really, really, really seem to enjoy that one. So if you didn't hear it yet, check it out. It's a, deep dive into 90s Hollywood and just trying to break in when you're competing for roles against a slew of different a actors. Also some great Ben Affleck stories. And we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. It's a really good one. Finally, last piece of housekeeping business. We launched a new Twitter feed today at Ringer NBA. We did it for the basketball season. Um, we obviously love NBA. We have a lot of NBA DNA. We talk about the NBA constantly. We didn't want it to overwhelm our, our Ringer Twitter feed as the season went along. So what we thought was we would launch Ringer NBA. We would be able to put all the links to all our different NBA stuff there, all the videos, all the memes, all the, all the different things we're doing, uh, live tweets, some games, link to stories we like, and basically just do a deep dive on the Ringer NBA fan slash media experience. It's a huge part of what we do. We are very excited for the season. We have Ringer NBA preview Palooza coming the day of the games, actually, Tuesday. I think it's October 15th, Philly, Boston that night. We're going to be live watching Philly, Boston after we're done with the Palooza. You get to watch the Philly, Boston game with me and, uh, and some Philly fans, and we're going to be making fun of each other. It will be a little second screen experience for you. So check that out. Get ready for Ringer Preview Palooza. Follow us at Ringer NBA and at Ringer. Follow us on Instagram. Follow our YouTube channel. We have a lot of great stuff coming up. I'm in a few of the things. So be ready. I was just in New York City for the last four days. That's the only reason this Red Sox-Yankees, um, this whole, whole thing was a little bit late. So. Um, my apologies. It should have been up already, but I flew back last night. I timed the flight on JetBlue to watch the Patriots Colts game. And it landed at like, I don't know, 745, something like that, LA time, which I figured would be in the fourth quarter. And I just thought we were going to kill the 
Colts. Once I saw those injuries, I wasn't worried about it. I was like, oh my God, we're going to have to sleeve through the fourth quarter on my iPhone and freaking out in a cab or something. And I landed and it looked like the game was over. And then all of a sudden the Colts started getting a little frisky and I was in the exact situation I didn't want to be in where I was on my iPhone watching the game on some crappy signal that kept cutting in and out. And then finally the Pats finished them off. The Pats look better, obviously, than they did two weeks ago. I still don't feel great about where we are this season. So um, we'll see. The cornerbacks were okay yesterday, but the safeties and the linebackers just continue to get torched. Casey, Casey's the next one, right? I think so. I'm a little worried about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and our Lord and Savior, Patrick Mahomes. I'm worried about all that stuff. I, I worry that the Pats can have enough offense. But yesterday was the first time the Pats actually looked like the Pats. So did that happen because the Colts were banged up? Did it happen because Edelman came back? It was nice to have him back, by the way. Josh Gordon getting a little frisky. Nephew Kyle. Mm, injected into my veins. <laughs> very close. <laughs> very close to buying a Josh Gordon jersey. Uh, we have like a month left with Nephew Kyle. We are announcing on the One Shining Podcast today, they are doing a world tour of the Midwest at the beginning of November. Tickets are going on sale today. Titus and Tate are doing four podcasts in, what is it, Louisville, Columbus, Bloom, Bloomington, and Chicago. Chicago. Nephew Kyle, over under uh, on him making it probably two and a half cities. The question is, are they going to make me drive the... Yeah, don't... The, the van. Don't... Oh That'll affect my whole I, I'm just, this game is one plan. Of, one of the worst and scariest <laughs> ideas I've ever had. So that's all happening. Check it out on the uh, One Shining Pod Twitter feed or on their podcast. Coming up, we're going to talk to the Kid Marrow. We're going to talk to Jacko. We're going to talk to my dad. I'm going to do a couple NFL picks with my dad. Joe House is is uh, traveling today. He went 2-0 and yesterday, so maybe we can't call him the mush anymore. So NFL picks at the end. Red Sox-Yankees coming up first. Our friends from Pearl Jam. On the line right now, we recently celebrated our 30th anniversary as friends we met in college at the tail end of August in 1988. And uh, he was wearing a Yankee hat. I was probably wearing some sort of Boston thing. And we were natural enemies, but somehow fell in love anyway. Jacko, how are you? <laughs> good, my friend. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We haven't had a blood war in a while. We Sometimes you and I, we have to go to the mattresses. We can feel That's this it. coming for a while. I really enjoyed when... You were a sad sack loser on Twitter. I'm just going to say sad sack loser. Oh, wow. We're not good enough. <laughs> oh, well, we're pictures. Oh, sunny gray. You, the originator, oh. For you, the originator of the reverse jinx, to, to call me out on that is really hurtful. Oh. You, know, you were my mentor in these things. Well, then, the master to the pupil, and you're, you're mocking me on this. By the time we get to that A's game, you're tweeting about Luke Tober. You're ready to <laughs> buy a dog just to name it Luke. What happened? Right. Why, why the 180, Jacko? I might change my dog's name to Luke. You should. Good point. Just I didn't do it. It is Luke-tober. I have, two, I have two daughters, so you know they're already uh, Miguel and Glaber, so now I can name the dog Luke. <laughs> that would be fitting. Um, <laughs> You're in. You're back um, in on this team. Severino looks good. 
Luke Vo- Luke Voigt, he 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 gave them a little jolt. Give him a little Voigt, Voigt energy. He's got a little swagger. He's got a little Nick Swisher swagger, but he's actually, unlike Nick Swisher, he's actually pretty good. Is so, that what we're calling PED nice abuse now is swagger? That's that's the name <laughs> for yeah, it? Well, swagger, PED abuse, <laughs> come see, come saw. Um, uh, you know, I was really nervous about that wild card game, and then I started watching the game, and, the, and you know, I don't really follow the A's that are on the West Coast. I'm, yeah. I'm more of an exclusive Yankees guy. I, I was like, wait a second, their starter is one from Australia, and two was DFA'd in June? Yeah. I was like, wait a second, I, I feel better about this. And then I kept hearing about the, you know, the strength of the A's bullpen, and they were going with a quote-unquote opener, you know, instead yeah. of a starter because their bullpen was so strong. And I, I was like, well, wait, isn't Fernando Rodney a, a key component in this bullpen, as well as the former Met Familia. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure this is like the greatest bullpen in the history of mankind when those two are prominently involed. Their closer so was really good. A little better. You got you got to the closer yeah. too. You got to everybody. We did. I, I had the same reaction as you. And as you know, I'm in the crazy AL Keeper League. Liam Hendricks couldn't start for any of the 10 teams in an AL only fantasy league. So <laughs> I saw that he was a starter. And I was just dumbfounded, and I figured they were using him as the uh, him as the opener, but I didn't understand if you're going to do that process, why do it with him? So I was on the Ringer MLB Slack, and I'm like, "Why Liam Hendricks? I don't understand it." No, like this is what they do; they're going to pitch eight pitchers, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is where like new wave baseball thinking just goes awry, right?" right. I I get the whole opener thing. The Rays did it; they had success. The A's did it; they had success. When you don't have enough good starters, you kind of patch it together and you try to go with matchups. I get all of it, but you don't start Liam Hendricks in a, in a winner takes all Yankee stadium game. Yeah. That's not the guy you tried out there in the first inning. What what made anyone, did anyone think he was going to just go one, two, three through the top of the lineup? I certainly didn't. No, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I thought, well, if they really have this lockdown bullpen and this guy's, you know, they have some like wonderful reliever who's going to do that. It's going to go one, two, three in the first, but Obviously, he didn't do that, and in retrospect, it was kind of crazy to think that he would. I thought they should have done Trevino, and like you know, Eckersley and Eckersley and Darling made a good point the other night. I forget which, forget which one of them it was, but when you go with this bullpen game, you're counting on all eight of those guys you bringing in having a good night. Yeah, like being the guy. Like if you go with a starter, and you know you're counting on the starter, he just has to be one guy that's good for five or six innings. If you're going with eight different guys, you're counting on eight different guys to be great that night or be adequate that night. And they they couldn't rely on not only Hendricks, but a couple other guys. The, the best guy they had was Lee Trevino. Lee Trevino. Don't call me Lee Trevino. Well, they should have um, started him. He was good this year. Yeah, I, that was, was the guy I would have started. He made the Yanks look ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, you, you came anyway. out of that game, ton of confidence. Severino yeah. looks great. Pedro insinuated that right. Severino was was hiding some Banked sort of injury, probably, yeah. which makes sense because he definitely fell off a cliff and didn't look like the same yeah, guy. Yeah, there was no other explanation for it. It does make sense. It would almost be like if Chris Sale was only throwing in the low 90s and only intermittently pitched the last two months. And <laughs> like if we were like, wow, in retrospect, that's weird. Maybe something's wrong with him. It would almost be like that. <laughs> Interesting. That's one of the many interesting subplots of this because when they when the Red Sox put Sale on the shelf a couple times this season, late in the season, and, and the, you know they were running away with the AL East, it was a foregone conclusion. So I figured the Sale thing was just 
you know, they were trying to rest him up for the postseason because he hasn't done well in the postseason. They wanted to save wear and tear on his arm and made all the sense in the world. But then they brought him back and he was only throwing in the low 90s. And I don't know, for what it's worth, Steve Phillips was sounding the alarm on uh, Mad Dog's radio, Sirius XM radio mm. show the other day that people don't think that sale is right. And um, so that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, if he if he's lights out, you know, there's there, he's unhittable. So if he's on his game, he's unhittable. So um, I, the thing that worries me, how legit that was. So we're taping this right now. It is nine thirteen a.m. Pacific time, twelve thirteen ET. The game's not for mm-hmm. like eight nine hours. What worries me is he's pitching at home, and there's going to be an incredible amount of energy in that ballpark. But also probably you know four to five thousand Yankee fans, I would guess, spread around all the place. If Maybe. he if he comes out and he doesn't pitch well mm. and gets hit and it just is laboring or whatever the worst case scenario is, the energy in the ballpark is going to shift in a really bad and dangerous way. It's almost like I would almost rather he was pitching at Yankee Stadium. Now, he might right. be fine. He might be on cruise control. But I actually mm. liked how the Yankees laid out the, uh, the rotation, starting Hap today and then Game two, Tanaka, who I think is your best money pitcher, going against Price, who, even though he has, you know, shed a lot of demons during the season, I don't 100% trust him in a playoff game against the Yankees. I, I still can't get over that hump mentally. And I could see, you know, you're up one nothing. Let's say you win tonight. Now it's Tanaka versus Price, and I'm shitting bricks. So fantastic. I mean, it's an uphill climb for the Yankees. You know, they're facing a big money, high payroll team in the Red Sox. Second highest payroll in baseball. You know, the Yankees. Oh, shut up. Stop it. Yankees just trying to catch lightning in a bottle with guys off the scrap heap like Luke Voigt. You know, just, you know, reclamation projects. They don't have the money. You know, they want to stay under the luxury tax. They can't go out and sign a J.D. Martinez or Chris Sale or David Price, $217 million. Yankees don't have anybody in that ballpark. So, you know, you have scientists. You have money for so. your scientists to, to give out to give out all the performance enhancing <laughs> drugs. Your team's a so team of monsters. Ever, if this gritty, you know, gutty, scrappy group could ever steal one against Chris <laughs> Sale tonight. scrappy. And then we could go into tomorrow yeah. with uh, David Price, 0-8 in the postseason, yeah. a complete mental midget pitching. Oh, come on. Probably after a late night of Fortnite gaming. Oh, And then he has it. to go out there and try to salvage your 130 win or whatever it was season with all the pressure in the world on you. I mean, the Yankees barely got into the playoffs right down to the final. He won like 98 games. What are you talking about? The Red Sox, I think, clinched the AL East like July fifth or something this yeah, year. Yeah, somewhere so, in there. You know, one of the could be one of the all time teams in the history of Major League Baseball. Not really. Home fields, everything else. I mean, you know, but if it, if the Yanks could ever turn the tide tonight, boy, that would really be something to see. I did worry about Price when they announced the new Fortnite game last week. They upgraded <laughs> exactly. the. They blew up Loot Lake and had like a hovering house. And I was like, this is bad for Price. This really could send him into a tailspin. (laughs) Is he really, he's really 0-8? That's the actual record in the postseason? I believe so. I saw saw something the other day where, you know, Sale... Not uh, sales post only postseason experience might be last year with the Red Sox, right? He never... No, he had the 08... No, the 08 Tampa. He was was the hero in the 08 Tampa Uh, Red Sox series. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, that was like his great, that was his breakout moment. 
because he has a high ERA apparently in the postseason. And I saw that, and then I I think Price is like zero and eight in the postseason, and uh, or he's never That's had a deceiving. win. I know that it's a deceiving zero and eight. And then, um, <laughs> and then Porcello is not very good in the postseason. His, uh, ah, his he's record. fine. So your big three, he's fine. Uh, is a little shaky, but you know these things can always turn around. You know what's interesting about these games is I don't think home field really matters. I they, well, they, the thing about it is they like they they play each other so often. It's, it's just like yeah, it's they they play eighteen times a year, and. I don't know. The fans are always, there's always fans of the other team in the, in the, in the park. And, you know, like, let's say worst case scenario, Red Sox, they go down two nothing. And normally right. like in basketball, it would be like, wow, that's insurmountable. Now that now the next three, next four on the road, like we're not coming back from that. And in baseball, I, I don't think it matters. I really don't. I, I think it mattered in the one game off with, um, with with all the random A's relievers having to pitch in Yankee Stadium, I think that <laughs> right. mattered. But it, for this, I don't think I think the Red Sox could win any game in Yankee Stadium. I think you could win any game in Fenway. It'll be great. It, it's really, it's kind of amazing that it's happening. I I I felt like after, I don't know, after we got through like last decade, it just seemed kind of inconceivable they would play again. I don't know why. <laughs> Is it, I don't know. I'm I'm not quite ready for it. I'll be honest with you. These these series, like you know, you look back. '99, you know, the Red Sox weren't quite the Red Sox that they became. So '99 was sort of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, but we had gonna, we had Pedro though. That that yeah, was Pedro, like we were true. like, oh, Pedro's gonna. If we can just get to a game seven, Pedro, and then we got to a game five. But 2003, and then you know the other one. Those were you know just just full bone wars and just a you know bloodbath for every fan involved. So um, that wasn't great for sure. our friendship. No, I'm not quite sure. I'm ready for another one of these knockdown, drag out, you know, Yankees Red Sox brawls, basically. So um, I have a I vague... did watch a documentary the other night on something called Sports Illustrated TV. Uh, yeah, I saw that this about the Bucky Dent game in '78, mm-hmm. which was uh, which was well done. And you know, back in the day, it was. The fans were different. Willie Randolph was talking about like standing on the field and watching fist fights in the stands and things. So we're not like that anymore, I don't think. But it, it, you know, it's a war, Yankees, Red Sox, and the rivalry. So it's you know, I'm a little, I'm pensive about it. I'm going to be honest with you. So I'd much prefer to be like playing the Indians in this round and and having the Red Sox lose to somebody else. That's what I would much prefer. But here we are. So yeah, you think about 40 years ago, how uncivil everybody was. And how crazy that was. It would be like, yeah. I, I mean, our president back then was condoning sexual assault. And, <laughs> oh, wait, that's that's 2018. I, for, I forgot. Well, you know, in this documentary, they talked about, you know, the Yankee Stadium was as bad or, just, you know, if not worse than Fenway about. No, it was worse. Jerry, Re- Jerry Remy and Burleson talking about, like, the, you know, the batteries that would get thrown at them <laughs> in the field. And, you know, beer poured on them and everything else. And, you know, it's not like that anymore, I don't think. so. No, um, it's a little nicer. I that would, was a cra- crazy time. I remember being really mad at you in 03 because I think you texted me after the Aaron Boone game and I just didn't like the tone of the text. It was it felt patronizing <laughs> and I don't think I talked to you for like three weeks. You put you put it in your book actually, but when the Reds, when the you're now I can die at peace and you said I, I think I said something like I'm a cadaver now and you were like he's a cadaver but he won, so fuck him or something like yeah. that. I think that's in your book. I think <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a paraphrase from your book. Yeah. <laughs> 
it was like you're talking about all your all the mental anguish you suffered. And meanwhile, I just had had like the second worst loss of my entire life, and was up until four in the morning writing a column about it. And then I actually left work the next day. I was working yeah. for Jimmy's show that year, and I was so upset and traumatized from the night before. It didn't really totally hit me till like three o'clock. And then it was like, wow, we're just never going to win. I'm just going to live my whole life and never see it happen. Just, but now you're, a, you know, now you're a virtual dynasty. The world has been flipped on its head and, you know, yeah. you guys are ascendant. And we're, a, you know, scrappy, gritty, small market guys, rookies, you know, just trying to, trying to make a name for ourselves. So if, if both sides peed in a cup, who's in more trouble? I don't think there's any of that anymore. I mean, this day and age, I think with testing and everything else and, Testing. Are all, you know, guys were in the minor leagues. They actually test down there, and it's yeah. more rigorous. So, okay, good. The Yankees are clean as a whistle, baby. I don't know about the Red Sox. I mean, JD Martinez. Nobody saw these numbers coming, and Mookie <laughs> Betts had it down here last year, and now he's MVP. I mean, those things, those things just don't happen. I'm ready for the PD accusations part of this podcast. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing that really concerns me is if there is some uh, some fisticuffs, some chicanery. Yeah. Some uh some violence. It, mm. The Yanks have one of the better bench clearing brawl teams of all time, if not the number one. You know, you, the Yanks are big guys. You don't you don't really want to mess with the Yanks between, you know, Stanton and Judge and Batances is like six eight, you and know. Voight. Uh Voight's a big fella. You don't really want to mess with the Yankees. Chapman'll come in like doing something Chapman. sneaky, like trying to take He's out a- people's ACLs. He's a big fella too. Absolutely. He's like six, six. So yeah, the Yanks, you don't want to mess with the Yanks. They're like a football team. The best bench. Joe, Kelly better, Joe Kelly better watch his step. He should just, he, hopefully Joe Kelly will just give up home runs and not be trying to throw haymakers and throw at people. I I mean, I'm just flat out terrified of Joe Kelly. And <laughs> your bullpen aside from Kimbrough is, is a, I mean, you, you guys have a better, I would say you have a better, certainly a better starting rotation. Uh, your lineup sales, with okay. Martinez and boot and with Martinez and bats and Ben and probably has more guys that you can count on coming through, but the, you know, the Yankees bullpen is, is probably superior. Although there's guy, I mean, I still have a question marks about Chapman and his health. Although he, he looked pretty good the other night. He was throwing a hundred, which was good, but you know, I, Batances has been lights out, but could he fall apart? Absolutely. And the thing with the bullpens, I mean, it, you know, I had a legendary rant about Mariano that time. The, the Red Sox see the, the Yankees; they see each other so many times that like there, there's no there's no real advantage. It's like you know they brought in Mariano, and the Red Sox were able to hit him, and they can do the same thing to Chapman as they've already done this year. And the Yankees could arguably do the same to their bullpen because they've they've seen it so often. So it'll be we, interesting. It's an interesting series from a lot of different perspectives. We have the best two hitters in the series. You have a better yeah. bullpen. I'm not convinced yeah. Judge is healthy. I think he's he probably probably eighty percent. You know, he's not a hundred percent. Was the home run was was good the other night, and he hit that you know seeing eye double that moved about eighteen different directions, which was a weird swing. But um, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's a hundred percent healthy either. I don't have any confidence, frankly, in Stanton to come through in a big situation in the postseason. I mean, he hit a home run the other night, but they were already up six to two. So um, I would like to see it, but I just I don't have any faith in him being a clutch guy at all. Um, Who you know, I hope that Judge is healthy, but uh, you know, he, Judge could come through. But the Yankees' problem has been for about the past ten years that they they just can't get a clutch hit when they need it. Even the other night, they had first and second, nobody out. You want to pour on there some more runs to to 
sort of relax everybody and they they couldn't tack on until later. So here's I don't know, that worries me. Here's my list of guys I'm most confident in on the Red Sox right now. In in a big spot. JD one. Mookie one B. I'd have them one A, one B. Mm-hmm. Bogart's three. Okay. I like the way he's been swinging the bat, especially in September. He's another guy who was terrible last year and had an interesting comeback year. Well, he, he got he got hurt. He was playing hurt half the year. He's mm. he's um, mm. I think he's been much more reliable. He had one of those wrist hand injuries. Um, mm. I would say. Plus, that after trip to Germany in the off season, I think oh, probably stop cleared it. something. Well, he said, Luke Voigt flew him there um, <laughs> <laughs> without a plane. <laughs> Uh, I would say what's interesting is after those three, it gets a little messy because Ben Intende hasn't hit for power basically since the all-star break. I don't know what happened, but he's, well, these he things was, are cyclical. They go through. Cycles, hopefully he come back. So. I know you're afraid of him at Yankee stadium. There's something about his swing. <laughs> Yankee stadium. Um, but what's weird is Brock Holt has been like one of the most reliable guys in the team for a few weeks now. And he's, He's done this before where he has these little hot streaks and they last for a while. But I actually think they're in a weird spot with him because Kinsler's kind of been a corpse. Right. And, you know, he's a respected vet. You got to, well, he's been there before. You got to put him out there. But I actually think it would, I think it'd be crazy not to play Brock Holt over him. Um, so, you know, the guys, I think Swihart. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, wait a second. You're not really going to say like you're all in on Swihart, are you? I like Swihart. I think he is good <laughs> at bats. He's he's had he's had moments where he comes through in these big spots. I think he's the best catcher that we have. And for whatever reason, they don't play him all the time. But I, I weirdly trust him in big spots. So I would watch out. He would be my weird Red Sox guy to watch out for. Who's your weird Yankee guy to watch out for? Well, Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Who's who's sort of sneaky good. He put up good numbers this year, but he kind of flies under the radar because, you know, they have Judge and Stanton and, and you know, nobody really thinks of Aaron Hicks, but I think he could come through in a big situation. I, I have an inordinate amount of confidence in Aaron Hicks for some reason. He's been good this year. He's another yeah. big guy, by the way. He's like your seventh best guy to have in a bench. And you know who I really like? I like that they added McCutcheon. I really like McCutcheon. He just seems like a solid guy, like a good leadoff guy. I, I really like him. I think he adds something to the team that they didn't have. And I love, I yield to no one in my love of Brett Gardner, but uh, McCutcheon, I, I like that they added him. I feel good about that. So I was excited that they did that because, as you know, I'm terrified of Brett Gardner. Are you really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's he, been terrible this year. I mean, he's he's been terrible this year, he's though. Scary against the Red brutal. Sox. I know he's I know he's been bad and I know there's rumors of his demise, but he's just one of those guys, and especially in playoffs, these games just slow down. You know, and that's why like when the A's did that bullpen by committee, it's a great idea in July, but man, in in October you're just sweating out every pitch and um, yeah. you almost need that starter to get you in a rhythm for a couple innings, but the same thing goes with the, with the long at back guys and you have these games where it's like, right. we're at the three hour mark already. It's the seventh inning. We have Joe Kelly in, he's just on two strikes forever with Brett Gardner throwing 99, keeps getting fouled off. And then finally he dinks one over the second baseman's head. I, I hate rooting against guys like that. And he's, he's that guy for you. But, um, if he's on the bench, great. I'm, I'm delighted. Gary, I want to pitch to Gary Sanchez in any situation, right? Brutal. 
He's your worst guy? I would put in Romine. I mean, Sanchez, now he he was actually okay on defense the other night, which was surprising. But, you know, he's in there for his bat, and for whatever reason, he's had a down year this year, and he's come back from injury, and he hasn't really set the world on fire. And so it's like, you know, I I have more confidence in Romine as a hitter, to be honest with you. I think Gary Sanchez is a black hole this year, and it's just, you know, you hope it's just one year, and next year he bounces back. But I, I don't think he has it this year, and it's not worth it to have, you know, a one in a hundred chance of him hitting one to the moon when the other times he's going to ground into a double play and, or, you know, fly out weekly to center. So I'd put in Romine over Sanchez at this point, but I don't think they'll do that because they're, you know, they're convinced that there'll be an upside to his bat at some point. And Glaber, Glaber Torres, we don't have to uh, make the Hall of Fame plaque yet, it doesn't look like. <laughs> no, but we can we can make it for Miguel Andahar. So. Okay. So you can make it for him. We may just move Torres's wing of the Hall of Fame over to Andahar. Ground ball, ninth inning, you're up one, second and first, two outs, ground ball yeah. to Andujar. You feeling good about it? No, well, he's not going to be in there. They're going to put in Hechevarria like they did the other night. Like the other okay. night, everything Boone did work. They put in Hechevarria for defense. No, but the much maligned Aaron Boone, you're back. <clears throat> yeah, I know. He was he was right the other day. I know. I don't love him, but he was right the other day. I am so, maybe he'll maybe he'll maybe he's riding a hot streak of one game now. He's just going to carry that through the postseason. He did get the dare in the headlights look a couple months ago, and I'm looking forward to yeah. that coming back. Yeah, that's, yeah. Is Greg Bird so, on the playoff roster? <laughs> mercifully, he is not. Happily, no. Wow. Luke Void has Luke Void has Wally pipped uh, Wally pipped uh, Bird to the point where it might have to be called Greg Bird from now on instead of Wally Pipped. Jesus. Luke Voigt, I, 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 this kid, you know, they went out and got him. He's ha- he has like the second most home runs in the majors since August, only behind Yelich. And, you know, he, he brings this swagger, you know, with his open shirt and his haircut and he's, you know, car- the way he carries himself. And I noticed the other night when he, when he tagged up from third and scored running with a piano on his back and like all the Yankees on the bench, CC was like standing on the railing, like doubled over in laughter. He's like <laughs> one of these guys that's like, you know, they all kind of like rag, you know, they must love Luke Voigt. Like CC's laughing at how slow he was running from third base. CC Sebastia was laughing at him for being slow. Like, yeah, that's like one of these guys, like you need this young goof that like everybody kind of like, you know, rallies around or whatever. So I was like, what oh, I like to see that. So well, I know it's all horseshit, but I always eat up that team chemistry thing. And like, you know, they all have the inside jokes, you know, Frazier last year with the thumbs down thing. And now they kind of have Luke Boyd as like their, you know, mascot who also can hit the ball a mile. So the biggest hit in that other game. Charm. Um, so we're going to the, the, there's a Friday game and a Saturday game and then a Monday game. And you yeah. and I are going to hop over to the Ringer MLB show podcast probably on Tuesday after game three okay. and shoot the shit no matter what happens. Let's make a pact. Of course. Yeah. I've never done. Come on. I came on in August after the four game sweep and the Yanks True. were dead and buried. I'm not going to duck these things. I'll, right. I'm here for good or ill. So we have plenty of time in this. So we'll do Tuesday on the ringer MLB show All and right. then maybe next Friday on this pot. Assuming the series is still going. Jacko, I wish you the worst of luck. <laughs> and to you, my friend. <laughs> Talk to you soon. See ya. Let's take a break. Talk about Roman. Let's face it, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it. That's bad. The thing most people don't realize is that ED is like a check engine light for a man's body. It could be an indicator there's something more serious going on, like a heart issue or diabetes. Thankfully, 
Our sponsor, Roman, has created an easy, discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It's a one-step shop. Licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose your ED, then ship meds right from their pharmacy to your door. You don't have to wait in waiting rooms, deal with any awkward face-to-face conversations, uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy, none of that. You just have to visit GetRoman.com slash Bill, file out a brief questionnaire, chat with a doctor, get real FDA-approved medication, if recommended by your doctor, all prescribed online, delivered straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Hey, talk to a doctor if you don't feel, if you feel like something's off. Erectile dysfunction, a problem that guys don't tackle, but it is really important. And again, it could be a signifier that something else is going on. Now with Roman, it's really easy to take care of it. For a free online visit, go to getroman.com slash bill. All right. I, I Googled his name to see what he was described as on Google. And it said, the Kid Marrow is a Dominican-American writer, comedian, TV personality, voice actor, YouTube personality, music blogger, and Twitter personality. It did not say 2018 ALDS loser. But here he is anyway. <laughs> the Kid Marrow, how are you? That's because that's going to be on your Wikipedia in about a couple of days. It's it's going to be on one of ours. Um, So what's going? So your show ended on Viceland. You're you're doing um, a new Deezus Amaro show on on Showtime. That's not up yet. You you must be going. The Yankees are in the playoffs, and you don't have a show. You time this terribly. Quality over quantity, you know what I mean? We could pump out whatever right now and have it be like, eh, or we could wait until the Yankees win the World Series and then oh. gloat even more. You know uh, what I'm saying? And so- then even more because that, that's the level of confidence that I had in my team. Bill, let me tell you something. I knew, and I knew the moment that CC plunked Sucre in the thigh that the Yankees are going deep in the playoffs. Wow. I knew it right then and there. That that energy, that attitude, like like if you watch those last couple of games and even the series against the Sox, that last series, like it was kind of like a bleh, you know what I mean. The bullpen was kind of like bleh. there was like no energy or whatever. But like yo, CC, shout out to him. He brings that like you know that like yo fuck you energy. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you look at Kevin Cash and you say that's you, bitch. Right. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like I, this guy's cursing out coaches and shit. He's like he 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 foregoes half a million dollars because you know to defend his teammate. Like that's the guy you want on your team. So I just have I, a. I don't know. I don't know that Mookie Betts is running out of the dugout to punch somebody if if somebody says something bad about JD Martinez. Don't sleep on Mookie. Mookie will throw down. But I was I was just talking to my. uh my college buddy, Jacko, who's a Yankee fan. We've been friends for 30 years. I was talking about how this is the scariest bench clearing brawl team that the Yankees have ever had. It is. A, oh yeah. It's a bunch of behemoths and Did all with see, attitude. Yeah. Just that one still photo of Aaron judge holding back the entire Tampa Bay <laughs> Rays bullpen, right. like keeping, keeping them at bay. Like, <laughs> Like Sergio Romo looks like one of my kids standing next to Aaron Judge. Oh my God! Like, Stan, like, Luke Voigt, these guys, these are some yeah. big dudes. Yeah, these are like big, like this is like it's like the Bushwhackers times like ten. 
Do you agree with my Do you agree with my theory that if chat if there's a bench clearing brawl, Chapman is the most dangerous guy because he'll do anything. He'll blindside somebody. Like I, I feel like he's the Mickey Rivers of this bench clearing brawl Yankee team. I feel like I absolutely feel like he will. He will like. I don't want to say fight dirty, but he'll do like. Remember how Dwayne Wade did that? I know. I know you remember how yeah. Dwayne Wade like turned. Rondo's elbow inside out. Yes. In that series. Yeah. Like, I feel like he'll do something like that, like on the low. Like, he'll just grab a guy by the wrist and just like flip him around. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And not actually throw a punch so he doesn't actually get in trouble and get fired. Whoops. Just like grab a guy, like step on a guy's ankle, like really hard. Yeah. Well, that was something like that. one of the great, uh, brawls of all time was the 76 brawl when Lupino and Carlton Fisk at home plate. And it's just complete oh, mayhem. And Mickey Rivers is just hopping around, sucker punching like everyone in sight. He's just a complete maniac. <laughs> um, you always need that one guy in a bench clearer. Strawberry, Strawberry was that guy. What was that in '96? At the end, '96, Armando Benitez. I'll never forget it. Armando Benitez went high, high in inside. Yeah, Daryl didn't like it. That and was. Then he did the the Mortal Kombat Scorpion flying punch across the entire dugout. Who do you trust the most on this Yankee team? Uh, pitching wise or hitting wise? Let's do pitching first. Pitching, uh, as a starter, I like Severino, and it's not just my Dominican bias. I really think that he's like a stud. You know what I mean? Like, and him, him and Tanaka, I trust because Tanaka is like a different. Like he's different in the postseason. You know what I mean? And then the bullpen is just the bullpen. Like, you know what I mean? Robertson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those dudes coming out. Like, I trust that pitching staff enough to say, like, oh, well, you know, the starter doesn't have to go four innings. You know what I mean? Like, he can, he can go four innings. He can go five innings. And then and then you can take him out and then just bullpen it the, the rest of the way. Something that I feel that the Red Sox cannot say. Yeah, we cannot say that. Well, that's one of the reasons you got Hap, right? Francesa was saying... He just pitches six. He'll give you a good six. He can't go seven. Yeah. But you don't care. Yeah, yeah we we we're in a weird spot with our pitchers because we have sale, nobody who's supposed to be our ace and the biggest advantage we would have in this series, and nobody totally yeah, knows what to expect. Yeah, nobody exactly. His ERA is higher than me in like California <laughs> with a medicinal card. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like you never, you don't know. You know what I mean? And like David Price, like come on, like, yeah. like I, I, even as a Sox fan, you got to admit, like we own him, or like at least a couple of guys own him on the team. I like to you know? think, I like to think that you've leased him repeatedly, but I, I, I'm hoping you don't own him. I just feel like I'm hoping it's like an Airbnb where you've just stayed there a few <laughs> times, but it's not an actual <laughs> ownership. Hey, at least he's pitching, he's pitching in Boston, which makes me feel better. I think in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that's a hard attack. Our our top three hitters, I think, are better and more reliable than yours. So it's weird. It's really? I do. I I think yeah. Martinez and Betts and Bogarts, I just think, are just better than your top three, just flat out. You don't think that the white Mike Tolbert, Luke Voigt, <laughs> is on a tremendous tear? He is. He's he, he's gonna like. Just be like the postseason hero that nobody ever hears. Like Scott Brocious of 2018. Listen, I was very excited that he had a big night against that embarrassing A's team that got trotted out in a do or die game. They started some 
some their eighth best pitcher thought it was a good idea. I'm glad I'm glad it boosted I, I, everyone's confidence. I don't even know. I don't I don't know what they were thinking. I don't, like that manager got to go. Like you got I don't even know who their pitching staff is, but all I know is that as soon as I started talking ALDS, Yankee Sox, here come the, the A's fans, you know, all, all 12 of them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we got aces. We got aces. We got a, we got a strong rotation. I'm like, who's, who's, I've never heard of these dudes. That's the thing about baseball. It's like a, a pitcher comes out and it's like, he's a starter and, you know, he's expected to be an ace. He is an ace. But this guy came out of the clear blue sky. Like, I, I've never heard of these dudes. I was like, I watched the Yankees, and I, I watched the NL East, the, uh, the AL East. Yeah. And then I watched the NL East to make fun of my friends that well, are Mets fans. Well, they were, doing their, they were doing their new wave baseball, where it's like he, was the, he wasn't a starter. He was the opener. He's going to pitch one inning, and they're going to match him up against the top three, and we're going to win this game doing? with eight guys. It's like, you can't do that in a do-or-die game. What are you doing? Like you, you, you test theories like that when there's five games left in the regular season. It'd be like if, well, if in the finals, if the Warriors were like, "We're gonna start Sean Livingston as our opener," and then yeah. we'll then like, we'll bring in the other yeah. guys. Yeah. We're gonna run yeah, plays we'll for him first. Curry around the third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> like what are you doing? And that's and it's funny because it was like a couple of Oakland fans at the game, which I don't know why you would do that to yourself. Yeah, and, that's bad. Yeah, like that's that's gotta be rough. And I was just thinking to myself, like, dude, like, what are you, what are you hoping to accomplish? Like, even if you win, like, you're not, it's not like you're going to be able to, like, walk out of this stadium into the Bronx and be like, yeah, feel Bronx, <laughs> like, you, we beat the Yankees, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, Sam, somebody's going to throw you on the train tracks. Like, they did the Fat Joe in prison song. <laughs> like, like, it's going to happen. Like, it's, it's wild. Yeah, I know. Like, I think, uh, but I mean, okay, I'll give credit to Mookie. I give credit to JD. I give credit to, you know, but but I feel that Gary's going to wake up. I really do. I I feel it in my bones. Gary's going to wake up. Gary Sanchez? Yes. He's going to wake up. Wow. This is the funniest moment of the podcast. He's going to wake up. He's going to learn how to keep balls in front of him. And it's going to happen. I'm sure. Trust me. And remember how Johan Santana sacrificed his entire right side of his body to throw a no hitter? Yeah. This is CC's on a one year deal. I think he retires if they win. If they win at all, he retires. I, I, I feel like he's going to retire about But like, if they win at all, he's definitely retiring. And I feel like he will give his entire right side of his body to win like a World Series game. I'm, I'm, I'm fast forwarding to the World Series because I'm already assuming we're going to be. That's careful. ludicrous. I can't believe you're doing that. Um, <laughs> can we go backwards for a second? What was it like as a proud Dominican American who loves all Dominican baseball players to watch Dominican yeah. baseball players complete, completely flip the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry? They flipped 86 it, years. We used the Dominicans and we flipped it. It was it was it was a weird time in my life because I had a lot of family members that were Red Sox fans and I didn't understand it. I was like, "You're from New York. Why yeah. are you a Red Sox fan?" And then like the like my aunts would just be like, "Oh well, I'm just a fan of the team with the most Dominicans on it." And I love David Ortiz. I love Manny Ramirez, and I love Manny Ramirez because Manny Ramirez is like 
my comedy, the baseball version of me in comedy. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm giving you, I'm giving you offense. I'm giving you offense. I'm giving you offense. But you know, on defense, you know, I might go into the wall a little bit. I might fuck around in the outfield. I might sit down, you know, and start counting the stars. You know, whatever. He's but, like, I like the fact that he didn't care. Like he didn't care. Like he was like, people would say like, oh, he's hot dogging and blah, blah, blah. This, this, this. He didn't give a shit. He was, like, he went out there. He hit bombs. He like, he, he, he drove runs in. He did his thing. And he, like, he didn't give a shit what anybody said. He's one of, my, about it. one of my favorite athletes of all time. It was, it was so much fun to root for that guy day in and day out. He was the single, cra- he was the craziest person in my life. I loved him. I felt like he was a family member. I never knew what yeah. he was going to do day to day. He kept everyone on their toes. He made yeah. every, every game fun. Thing just to see if we're related. <laughs> the, like, we mostly. Well, we also had Pedro. Don't forget him. Yeah, uh, Pedro. And I love Pedro, and I, me and him have the same last name, so that is highly likely that we are related in some way. I, you know what I'm saying? So like, and and I, and I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. A lot of Yankee fans might not like it. I wasn't really a huge fan of Don Zimmer. Wow. So I wasn't really I wasn't really super upset when Pedro threw him. You know what I mean? Like, what did you think was gonna happen? You're like a 90 pound, you know, you're a 90 year old bowling ball. Coming at a guy who grew up, you know, yeah, in 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 a in a developing nation. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? You think this guy's going to like be like, "Hey, let's talk this out"? No, he's going to grab you by your bald brown head and he's going to throw you across the the pitcher's mouth. That's exactly what happened. But fun fact, and which I'm sure you know, this is the first time the Yankees and the Red Sox are meeting since you know what. I'm well aware. It's crazy. Yeah, so it's been 14 years. It's revenge time. It's revenge time. It's, it's 14 years is nuts. Can't yeah. believe it. And that's what I tell people. That's when I get into these Twitter arguments with Red Sox fans. I'm like, dude, talk to me when you win a playoff series. What and then they're like, well, we won a ring in 2014 or whatever. And you guys haven't won since 2009. It's almost 10 years ago. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, dude, baseball is 8,000 years old. This team's that haven't won a championship in 90 years. You know what I mean? Like, who, who like, because after the Cubs won, who's the next in line as, like, we haven't won shit? I think it's the Indians. The Indians. So, like, and they, and they got a good team. That's actually the, that's the team I'm the most afraid of. And it's not rational. Yeah. I just... They have the highest number of guys that I'm just I'm just scared of. I always judge the playoff teams by how many how many guys you know. It's it's just you're breathing every pitch in the playoffs. It's so great. It's so yep. intense. And yeah. which team has the most guys I'm afraid of? And it's weirdly the Indians for me. I, I that team who, who, scares me. Who, I don't like Kluber scares me. Um, I think they're yeah. they're two relievers, Hand and Miller. I think are really good. Ramirez is scary. Uh, Lindor is scary. Josh Donaldson's always killed the Red Sox. Um, How pissed off would you be? Carrasco won the MVP over <laughs> over one of your guys. No, that would be ridiculous. I, Mookie <laughs> Mookie's had one of the greatest two way seasons like in baseball history. Basically, 
He's been wow. unbelievable. Wow. He's he's offensively and defensively has been at it. Just it's ludicrous. It's like a Mike yeah. Trout season, uh, but on a 108 win team. But yeah, in the in the in the, uh, in the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing the regular season thing. What else do Red Sox fans? <laughs> what else do Red Sox fans come at you with on Twitter? What are some of the best Red Sox insults? Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, you know, Gary Sanchez is a bum. You know, he's he's never going to turn it around. Oh, uh, all the rings you won were before integration. Ooh, that's uh, a good one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, asterisk rings. You had no black players, yeah, no minorities. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Congratulations. You weren't, even born. you weren't born for half of those. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. That's not it bad. It's still there. It's not bad. The integration one's a really, really strong argument that I held on to in the in the late nineties and early two thousands when it got really dark. I was like, you keep throwing all these titles at me. There are no black guys. Congratulations. Um, and Dominicans to come and take over the entire sport. Yeah, and now and now, by the way, in two thousand eighteen, there's still no black guys. There's like ten of them, but we have uh we have and we and we got one of them. Yeah, we have all the all the Latinos and all that other stuff. But I'm always amazed by it. you think about like basketball versus baseball and just I don't know how many of the best players in the NBA are are black, but probably I don't know, seventy five, eighty percent. And then in baseball in the NBA? In the NBA, yeah. And then in baseball uh, it's would, it's like Mookie Betts. Even higher than that. I'd say like eighty. Yeah, like eighty. Are you, are you counting like JJ Reddick as like you know uh, <laughs> a, a superstar? <laughs> well, I was thinking there's so there's so many foreign guys in the league now. I don't know what the exact oh, right yeah, yeah, is. Oh yeah, yeah, you got Donkic. Yeah, Donkic, all those. Yeah, like Donkic. That. Yeah, KP. Yeah, so yeah. But um, but yeah, and the, I, I, and, I told you about those guys. I thought like you meant like the Zellers. <laughs> the Zeller family. The Zellers are now the full, they're full they're full fledged bald now. One of the Zellers, the one out Charlotte. He looks like a 48-year-old man. It's classic. Hey, I, I have to ask before I forget, are you in on this whole Durant coming to New York thing? Are you did you start this? Where did this come from? Is this real? Somebody somebody tweeted that somebody next to him said that he wanted to go. Like, but again, like this happens to Knicks fans every year. It's like if there was a such thing as the friend zone, yeah. Like Every marquee free agent has the Knicks in the quote unquote friend zone. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, New York, it's like huge, it's beautiful, it's like, you know, the Mecca, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, you go there and James Dolan is your owner and, like, you know, the, the team blows. But, like, if you get, like, I like, I like the team that we're building now. Like the like Knox. I don't know if you've been watching Knox. Like no, Knox I'm in on Knox. Knox is good. I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on him. Yeah. Like I think that Frank is a true point guard, and they're playing him out of position. I uh, think, and, and also I think it's like the preseason because people are already talking about Fizdale and like, oh, what is he doing and blah blah blah. At one point during that game, he had Ron Baker, Knox, uh, Trey Burke, um. And Frank, uh, uh, Frank the Tank, on the floor with Mitch Robinson <laughs> right. being the tallest guy on the floor. Yeah, and they were, and they were doing great. Like I'm like, no, dude, this is pieces, and they're testing lineups. Right. Like they're not. You know what I mean? Like this is not. This is not your starting five for opening opening night at at the Garden. You know is, what I mean? Like Fizz is, and I like Fizz. I met him at a thing, and I like him a lot. 
which is something that I could not say for any of like the last like three or four Knicks coaches. Well, I think he's in New York as a coach that makes sense because he's so good with the media. And unfortunately, that's a huge part of the job when you're the Knicks coach. You have yeah. to butter up yeah. the media. Everybody's so bitter and angry. You have to yeah. make inroads with them. I was thinking about you and uh, you and your buddy, how uh, how Mitchell Robinson's kind of everything you wanted from a random Knicks player. The second round pick. Yeah. He's yeah. he's has so many personal problems. He falls like 35 spots. But naturally gifted, the social media yep. disaster potential is off the charts with him. It's it's just going to go up yeah. and down. He might have a game where he might have eleven blocks. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like a Jr. in training yeah, almost. Yeah, it's good yeah. for you guys. And I can't and I can't wait. And I said on Twitter yesterday, I was like, this dude plays with such a chip on his shoulder. I wouldn't be surprised if he led the team in blocks over KP. And KP's twelve feet tall. Right. When, when does KP come you back? When is when is Porzingis back? He's on the Kawhi plan. Oh no! <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I and look, I'm not mad at them tanking another season. Like I wouldn't even be mad at that. But of course, they're exploring rule changes when the Knicks are, you know, in rebuild. Right. Which which has been the last 25 years. This should be. If I were the Knicks, I would tank this one. And actually try to complete the tank, unlike they did the last two years, where they tanked and then like the last two weeks, guys got like hot. The last twenty games, yeah, yeah. They, they, I don't that. they knocked Why themselves out of the top four. But after this, they, I mean, they really have to be thinking about to you know next summer, all the free agents. The problem is, and we've talked about this before on the pod, is it's the James Dolan thing. It's the, these guys. These guys all read the internet. And they're, they know yep. what's going on. They know what's going on with basketball. Nobody wants to play for that guy. And that's a tough thing that's to overcome. Is. Social media made it so that, like, a dude who has no exposure to New York and doesn't know anything about New York except, like, the glitz and glamour, like, portrayal of New York. Yeah. Hate New York because, you know, he reads all these articles about James Dolan and, like, you know, Carmelo Anthony was unhappy with the ownership and the this and the that and the discord and blah, blah, blah. And like the fan base will turn on you in an instant, and da 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 da. Like all these, all that stuff scares free agents. But like, like, like I said, like we just wrapped up the Bodega Boys podcast, and we posited the question, and I'm going to posit it to you now: If Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks and wins the championship, yeah, is does does all that other like? Golden State, you're you're you know you're a ring chaser. Does that go away? Well, Is he now in the in the conversation for goat? Well, as you know, eighty seven percent of the people who write about basketball live in Brooklyn, and and uh, <laughs> those are, a lot of those people have been murdering Durant for the last couple of years. If he goes to the next, that flips instantly. I I think we're in the era now of. We're going to remember this whole LeBron generation dating back to the decision where it's like, this was the era where there's no connection to a player and a specific team anymore. It's the, the fans have the connection to the player. And a yeah. lot of the times they just follow the player from city to city, wherever they go. And you still have people like yeah. you and me. We, you love the Knicks. Yeah. You're always going to love the Knicks. I love the Celtics. I'm always yeah. going to love the Celtics. But I think yeah. the under thirties, I think a lot of them just follow the player. So the player, yeah. So because now, now it's like the players are branding themselves. Like before it was like the Knicks, 
for the Bulls. You know what I mean? Like, and right. they had their star. Like, it's like Michael Jordan and the Bulls, Patrick Ewing and the Knicks, Larry Bird and the Celtics, Magic and the Lakers. Like, that's done. Right now it's just like dudes are like branding individually. Like, I'm LeBron James. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if players started like keeping their team names off social media. Like, you know how like a, like a player will have a, a, a Twitter account and it'll be like, you know, Jimmy Butler, shooting guard, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like Jimmy Butler, NBA player. Play, it's, you know what I mean? NBA stars have basically become bartenders where it's like, oh, what happened to that bartender <laughs> at that place on 22nd? Oh, he moved to the place at 36th. And, oh, so I'm going there now. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go over there. I like that guy. And that's, yeah. they just kind of drift around. Like, I honestly, I could see Durant, I could see him leaving Gold State this year, going to the Knicks, putting in four years there, and then finishing his career with the Seattle expansion team and playing on four different teams where each time it was this strategic yeah. career choice. I just think that's where we are with basketball. Like LeBron goes to the Lakers and the Lakers are the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest brand in the NBA. I think they're bigger than the Celtics and they're bigger than the Knicks. They're in a bigger city yeah. and they've had, they're a bigger city than the Celtics. They've had more success than the Knicks. They've had. There's Spike Lee is Jack Nicholson. Right. They, they have celebrity, <laughs> the most celebrities by far at every game. They've employed seven of the 14 biggest stars ever. But LeBron goes there and it's the first time that they've had a player that feels like he's bigger than their, than the actual franchise. I don't even think Kobe, Kobe never felt bigger than the Lakers. LeBron just feels bigger. So it's weird. Because of that whole like LeBron, you know what I mean? Like LeBron is LeBron. Like, like he's like, he's, he's the face of the NBA. Like whether you like it or not, like he still is like, you know, there's other people that like might, beat him or, you know, pile on him and he's not the goat and blah, blah, blah. But like, he's the face of the NBA and the dude is squeaky clean. It's like, amazing. And his kid is good at basketball. Yeah. His you know kid's I mean? really good. His kid's really good. His kid's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, yo, and, and somebody tweeted like in the year 2031, it's going to be, you know, Sharif O'Neal, Ronnie James, Wade, Wade. Wade's kid, yeah, Wade's uh, kid looks good. You know, uh, some other kid, and then like, you know, Ronnie Turioff and like his 59th season. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob Turioff, Ronnie Turioff's son. <laughs> <laughs> I think LeBron on the Lakers is, I, I just can't get used to it. I've seen him now in multiple it's games. Dumb, it looks too weird. It, it looks, looks weird so weird. weird. And you know, Kobe's got to be going fucking crazy, right? He's got to be going nuts. Yeah, He's got to be out of his mind. I have this theory that he's going to come back for the Christmas Day game, and I'm like half kidding, but half serious. Kobe's going to suit up and play for the Christmas game? I just, I don't feel like we can rule out the Kobe Bryant comeback. No. It can't be, it can't be crossed off. Like when Bird retired and and for the Celtics, it was like, that guy's retired. Like he, he can't move anymore. Kobe yeah, his back is, is, a, is a two by four. Kobe's like a boxer. It's like when those boxers, they're like, I'm done. I, I don't want to take any more hits. I've made enough money. And then two years later, they're like, I'd like to announce my fight for the junior welterweight title. Yeah. I, I Imagine can, Kobe just sitting in his basement, like playing NBA today, like, you know, putting the sliders all the way on like legendary or whatever. And like, just being like, man, I could do this. I can still do this. I knew like, 
in that in that weird moment where it was like, you know, are the uh, are the Warriors gonna be the most the, the winningest team of all time? Plus Kobe's last game as a Laker. Period. Yeah. Or Kobe's last game. Period was was happening at the same time. I before like hours before tip off, I was like. Kobe is going to score 60 points no matter what it takes. <laughs> no matter how many shots. <laughs> and he did. If he has to put up 80 shots, he's going to get 60 points at this game. I think he did put like, up 80 shots, actually. Yeah. Like, and then, but then you pan out to the crowd. And like you said, like Snoop Dogg is there next to like David Lynch, next to like Jack Nicholson, next right. to like fucking Steven Tyler. Like, and it's just all these random, like, super A-list celebrity people like you know like Drake is like bringing Gatorade over to Kobe and shit like it's fun I do think the Laker fans love Kobe so much and it really it really turned into an us against them situation with Kobe last decade but now you have LeBron they were always in arguments that Kobe was better with LeBron for basically the last 10 years and resented LeBron now LeBron is basically using their franchise to set up his whole post NBA life and live in LA yeah. and start a company. Which is smart. I mean, it's like, very smart. But but yeah. but important but I do wonder if it starts out slow or if there's stuff they don't like. I could see there there at least being a segment of Laker fans that are going to be like, "Fuck this guy. Why would he come here? <laughs> You're not a real Laker. You're just using us." You know, I could see that happening. Yeah, if they if they lose, if, if they, they win, lose, gonna be yeah. I actually think they're going to be really win, good. They're going to be like he's the, he's the new magic. Yeah, yeah. I I actually think yeah. they're going to be good, and I like Lonzo, and I think I think Lavar is trapped. I think he's in like a meat truck in Anaheim, just with a, with a <laughs> lock on it. I think they just got rid of him. I don't think he's going to be heard from. <laughs> like, they're like, where's Lavar? He has he's not returning his calls. Oh, he went on a trip. He'll be back. Um, <laughs> hey, then LeBron was just like sneakily checks his phone. Is like his bad, right? Um, is under duress. Hey, we got to go. When is your Showtime show going to launch? We are launching this winter, so get ready. We also have the Madison Square Garden show November eleventh. You know what I'm saying? Eleven, eleven. Make your wish has come true. Tickets are still available, and it's the Madison the Theater and Madison Square Garden. So two New York boys from the Bronx, born and raised. You know what I mean? This is like this is like Kanye performing at the Chicago Theater. You know huh? what I mean? Even though I'm, I'm, Kanye is probably a sore topic right now, but it's, it's <laughs> big. It's big. How many? How many people is it going to be? Five thousand. Oh my god! Yeah, you guys are. So, that's insane. Yeah, so there's still tickets available, guys. Ticketmaster, go hit it up. Go Digger Boys Live. Nice. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shit show. By the way, by the way, Kanye is not a sore topic. I I it's I I think I'm punting. I think I'm out. I think I'm out completely. Yeah, I'm out. He's too crazy. I've been out. Yeah, I've been out since the MAGA hat. I've been out since like. I've been out on Kanye since for for a while, but it's just like he just keeps reappearing. It's just like like herpes. <laughs> it's like it's forever. It's like you know, I, this, I was like, okay, this this was never like, okay, this was I got this. I found out I got this. This sucks, and then it just keeps popping up every couple of months. Like, hey, 
Like, did you see that Saturday Night Live performance where he was dressed like a bottle of Perrier? It, it, all of it was terrible. I, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what, I've never seen anything like this. It would be like if LeBron just showed up next season and was the worst player in the league. I don't understand it. Yeah, like it, it blows my mind. I don't, I don't either. But listen, I, I, like I'll be your shoulder to cry on once we sweep the Red Sox out of the ALDS. I wish you, know, you- I, I wish you the worst of I, luck. I'm going to be coming at both of you at twi- on Twitter the entire oh, series. Get ready for the gift storm. Get yeah. Ready for the, the, the gift storm is coming. Gift storm coming your way. <laughs> you tell you, you Jesus, I'm coming after both of you. This is going. This is happening. This is going to get. This is, Let's do it. May the best team win. May the best team win. All right. Thanks for coming up. You got it. All right. Take care. Big old man, holla. Let's take a break to talk about G Suite. It's a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence their new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled Final and no clue which is the latest one? That happens to me a lot. Well, you make another version, you name that one Final Final, right? I do that. Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail's, Gmail Docs and Slides let you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of a project. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That is gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. All right, we're going to call my dad in a second. Wanted to do NFL picks really fast. By the way, the cousin and I on Monday, cousin Sal, I think Monday or Tuesday before, yeah, it was Monday. We got Dodgers Indians on the World Series at 23 to 1. The Indians are my hedge bet, my emotional hedge in case the Red Sox uh, get bounced. I think they're the, I actually think they're the scariest team in the NL personally, but. Uh, that was 23 to one at the time. And now I'm looking at it right now. Now, now it is plus 800. It's a good job by us. I can't wait to see how we screw that one up and lose it. NFL picks. Joe House is traveling today, so he can't be on this. I have a couple. My big one is the Rams. Um, I went three and two last week, just for the record. My big one is the Rams. I want to work the Rams into a whole bunch of scenarios. The Rams are minus 380 at Seattle, minus seven and a half against the spread. I think Seattle is finished, done, kaput. It's, and I didn't even think they were that good to begin with. Earl Thomas goes out. He was playing better than anyone on their defense. Their defense wasn't even that good. I think the Rams are a juggernaut. This feels to me like a classic run up the score. If you remember, they killed them near the end of the season last year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Rams minus seven and a half. And I think they win by double digits. But I'm also going to put them with a couple other games that I like. I'm just going all in on the Rams this week. And if they screw me over, so be it. I I really like... uh, the Falcons plus three. I'm going to parlay that with um, 
Actually, you know what? I'm going to parlay that with the Rams uh, minus 380 to get a little extra juice on that. That gets that to about plus 150, something like that. Atlanta plus three, here's why. Now, Atlanta's defense has been a mess. Um, they lost Deion Jones. They, they're giving up a lot of points. They just can't get stops, basically, which should make them not the greatest matchup in Pittsburgh. But I also don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to stop them either. And as weird as this sounds, um, it's more of a must-win game for Atlanta than Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh loses, they drop to 1-3-1. Uh, if Atlanta loses, they drop to one and four. One and four is pretty deadly. One, three, and one is kind of manageable. And it might be a case where nine, six, and one can get Pittsburgh where they need to go in the playoffs. I don't think they're even going to get there. I don't think Pittsburgh's very good. Uh, I have not felt like they were good all season. Atlanta, there's a, there's a scenario where they win this game by 14, whatever. I don't see that scenario with Pittsburgh. I like getting the plus three. I think either team can win this game. So that's my first one. Second one, Rams money line parlay with the Lions. Plus one against Green Bay. There's an overwhelming chance that Green Bay is just not good. Um, oh, I'm looking at these parlays. So it would be plus 141 if you just tease a straight up team with the Rams minus 380. So this one, same thing. Lions plus one. I think the Lions can move the ball and, and make things happen. They got screwed over last week. They should have beaten Dallas and uh, just kind of fell apart in the last two minutes. But they're always kind of hanging around in, the, in these games. I don't think Green Bay's defense is good. Um, they did not seem happy even after they beat the crap out of the Bills last week. Just doesn't seem, something doesn't smell right with Green Bay this year. So I'm jumping on that. Third one, Bengals. This one's easy. This is just a teaser. Bengals are minus six at home against Miami. Rams minus seven and a half at Seattle. Teasing that. I like this Bengals team. Miami is not as bad as they looked against the Pats last week. I, I could see this being close. But the Bengals, they lost Eifert last week. Mixon's probably still going to be out, but I, I just think the Bengals are good. They're... They're a 10 or 11 win team. I think they're the safest bet to win the AFC North. And if they're going to win the division, you have to win a game like this. And I think they're a playoff team. So that's my third one. And then my fourth one. I can't believe I like this one, but I do. And I can't explain it. It's Niners minus 185 and the Rams minus 380. You put those two together, that gets you to minus 106, which is about even. The Niners are um, home against the Cardinals of Arizona. The Niners are one of those teams people wrote off when Garoppolo got hurt, and I was one of them, actually. Um, C.J. Beathard, it's, he's not dramatically worse. The Niners have been in all these games that they've been playing. If you go look at um, their schedule week to week, like they're actually a pretty good football team and they're really well coached. And I think Arizona is a disaster. So those are my four. I got the Rams straight up. Then I have, um, I have the Rams money line with the Falcons plus three. I have the Rams money line with the Lions plus one. And I have the Rams money line with the 49ers minus 185. Those are my four 
picks. And just for the record, because House was hot, House has Panthers minus six and a half against the Giants, thinks they win by double digits, Atlanta plus three at Pittsburgh. So we're joined on that. He points out Steelers 0-6 against spread their past six as home favorites. Falcons 7-0 against the spread, or 7-0 straight up, 5-2 against spread in their past seven games on the road against teams with losing records. Pittsburgh's D allowed an average of 451 per game over the last three weeks. Look, we do this every year. We wait for certain teams to turn around. I was worried the Pats were going to be one of those teams, the contender that we kept expecting to be a contender, and it just never happened. I really think there's a chance it's Pittsburgh. It really does seem like they might have the stink on them. But at the very least, I think that's a back and forth game either team could win. So those are our four picks. All right, we're calling my dad right now. Hey, you've heard me talking about this for weeks. Some of you are still watching football from the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, my bookie gives you the chance to create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you'll turn 100 into 600, six to one odds. Plus, you can bet on all major sports, not just football, like this weekend's MMA. Conor McGregor stepping into the octagon Saturday for his first UFC fight in two years. Will he win straight up? Or will Khabib deliver a first-round K? You can bet on any result. McGregor, pretty significant underdog right now. He's like plus 160. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you got to join now. They'll be pulling that offer soon. Log on to my bookie right now. Double your money. Use promo code Bill Simmons. And they'll match your first deposit 100%. That is promo code Bill Simmons. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, last but not least, this is his time of year. He's a retired guy with a Twitter feed, Dr. Bill1947. That's the Twitter handle. Um, he's got the Pats in action. He's got the Celtics exhibition season rolling toward the regular season and a possible juggernaut. And he's got a Red Sox-Yankees playoff series. He even has the Bruins. He was tweeting about the Bruins the other day. You love this. You love October the most, Dad. It's the best month of them all. It, I mean, last night, last night, the uh, obviously the Patriot game was on, so, and it was a great game. We got to see some things we haven't seen in a while, including a wide receiver actually muscle defenders and go up and catch a pass at the end zone. Yeah, but at the at the same time, the Celtics were having this special event for season ticket holders. I didn't get to go because or I didn't, I decided not to go because I wanted to watch the uh, Patriot game, but I saw the uh, tape of, I'm sure you saw it also. So I kind of wish I was there. They Kyrie. 3,000 people were there. Yeah. And Kyrie makes the big announcement that uh, he's, he's definitely re-signing here in the summer. And, uh, he and was then the there's an article today that he's trying to recruit Anthony Davis to come to the Celtics. Oh my God. I mean, really? He was never not resigning with the Celtics. He did my podcast last summer and it was obvious he loves Boston and loves the Celtics. Why the guy wants to win. Why would he leave a team that has the best chance to be the best team over the next six years other than the Warriors? It'd be crazy. Well, you and I always felt that way, but you, you kind of want to hear it from the player. True. You, you don't want these stupid rumors all season long, especially that the New York Knicks put out that he wants to uh, go to New York because he's from New Jersey and da, 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 da. You know, you want it not to be an issue. You want it to be settled so that the Celtics can move on and and talk to Anthony Davis about coming here. <laughs> Anthony, so, we'll do our recruiting Anthony. pitch for him another time. Uh, on yeah. a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you about this Yankees-Red Sox series? 
Um, so ten's the highest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give me a, a nine and three quarters. What uh, are you the most nervous about? Sale, I think. Uh, you know, if the sale that we had until the uh, middle of July. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, was unhittable. I mean, when he when he bore down and came at you with that ninety nine mile, mile an hour fastball, and then threw his slider after that, uh, he was unhittable. And now you don't, you just don't know what you're getting. And uh, you know, you throw him tonight, and uh, we haven't really hit Hap very well. And you just hope that we don't have the ninety two mile an hour sale who's whose uh, shoulder is not really right. It worried me when it leaked out that he had had the cortisone shot in the uh, shoulder. Yeah, I don't feel like I've ever been happy with a cortisone shot leak. Me neither. Uh, it's never like it. a good sign. It, it's always a good sign if it's the pitcher that, that on the other team that you're facing. But uh, when it's your, your ace who has to go, if this series goes five, and he's your first game and fifth game starter. And yeah, we just don't know what we're getting. So that worries me. And obviously the second thing that worries me is the same thing that worries you. Our bullpen sucks. Uh, it's so unpredictable, inconsistent. Um, I yeah. today that, that they, uh, they, they sent Embry out to, to, uh, to the pasture, but they did keep Joe Kelly on the, on the roster. Joe Kelly, I mean, really? Uh, you know, oh, yeah, I'm worried about those two things, I think. Joe Kelly throws 99 and has a really good changeup, and yet somehow neither of us have any confidence whatsoever in him. And, and somehow everybody, you know, other people throw 99, they're unhittable. Joe Kelly throws 99, and people hit it out of the park. It's like a straight line. It's a, In a I video game, he'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about, how do you feel if, if we lose this game one and then we got Price at Yankee Stadium against Tanaka tomorrow in game two? No, it wouldn't be Price at Yankee Stadium. I mean, I'm sorry, Price at uh, Fenway against Tanaka. Yeah. Um, I feel better. You like Price. Price has grown on you a little bit. Well, it's not just that. Uh, we've hit Tanaka. Yeah. And uh, and we've especially hit him in, at Fenway Park. Um, so... And we know they can't throw Severino in there. You know, what's, <laughs> up, about that. what's up with your dog? <laughs> Jesus. Red Sox Yankees getting everyone fired up. It's the mailman. Um, you know, we hit Tanaka. You, know, you and I have the same worry about with the Yankees. If the starter goes five. Yeah, then, then it's you, in, you're in the you gauntlet. Might be in trouble. Yeah, you're in the gauntlet. So you have to get to the starter in that, that second, third inning when they have to bring in their long-term relievers and you can start hitting people. But I think if we go down zero to one, it's not just going down zero to one. It's did sale not look good. And that's why we lost the game or did he pitch great. And the bullpen lost it. You know, it's how it's, if we lose it, it's how we lost it. That would worry me. Um, I'm optimistic. I mean, I, he's such a warrior and, uh, he, you know, he really wants to be in Boston. He really wants to pitch tonight. I just hope, I just hope he's healthy. What? Um, who is your MVP, Mookie or JD? That's a, that's a really tough one. I, you know, if you'd asked me uh, three weeks ago, I might have said JD, but uh, now I think I would definitely say Mookie. 
I, I thought Martinez had a tough month of September. He he, uh, he he swung over and over at that low outside pitch, and uh, the pitcher seemed to realize that he was going to uh, go for it, and they inevitably, you know, get in the two-strike count, and they seemed to be able to get him out. And what did he have, only three homers the month of September? Yeah, I always and wonder, yet, though, the, like, the, the, the stakes were so low in September, I wonder if that flipped it a little bit. I think even the energy at the home games was kind of off. It just it was just kind of once we got to mid-August, it seemed like this team was just starting to think about October in a lot of ways. So, well, it's a valid point. Um, I still feel like in yeah. second and first, down a run in the eighth inning, needing a hit, he's still the guy I want up more than anyone else on the team. I thought Mookie was the MVP. I think he was the best player in baseball this year. But J.D. came through so many times. Um, he did. I, I mean, just feel like he's he, always going to come through. It's incredible. I saw the odds, uh, you know, with each player who might win the MVP. And it, they're, they're so, I mean, Mookie has slightly better odds, but it's it's not overwhelming. It's very close. Uh, I, th- I think the Boston fans would be very comfortable with either one. Yeah. I, I just think Mookie has done more. Um, and yet, as I say that, I'm thinking, you know, this team isn't very different than a year ago, except for the fact that except J.D. JD. Martinez is in the lineup. So yeah. you, you could you could easily make a very strong argument on his behalf. So I, We know it's going to be one of those two, and that would be great. Um, and we know the other one will probably come in second. So how did you how did you celebrate the 40th anniversary of the 1978 playoff game? so much on my radar except for the fact that Boone is managing the Yankees and it kind of gets thrown in your face by all these analysts when you watch the uh, MLB channel. You know, they, they keep bringing it up. And Why, why uh, Boone? I don't get the Boone part. Um, just like all just the be, bad trauma things yeah, that have happened Yankees Red Sox? You know, he, yeah. he was bad karma, what, how many 03, years later? 2003, yeah. 03. yeah. And so they bring him up in the conversation with Bucky Dent, and yeah. and it, it it's the conversation of these are all the bad things that have happened to the Red Sox, and uh, Boone reminds me of Dent, and, and hey, we da, killed da, da, that. So. We came back from three nothing. We killed all the demons. We di- we did. Uh, you know, I'm not complaining. Uh, how could I complain? We've won three championships in this. Uh, last ten, yeah, last and, fourteen and the years. Have only won one, so. Right. What do you remember of the 1978 playoff game? I just remember, I feel like we got the day off from school. I might be imagining that part, but I do remember watching it at our place in Brookline. And I remember crying afterwards. Those are my two memories. I remember you crying afterwards and me having tears in my eyes and thinking that it was never, ever, ever going to happen. That that was our one and only chance and we'd never get that close again. Well, we watched, we watched yeah. a lot of baseball that year. I mean, we, we there were no cable channels back then. You just watched every Red Sox game. So we watched that well, team true, just right? disintegrate, and then they kind of rallied back. It was over, and then they rallied back and forced the playoff game. You, you know, you reminded me of that a little bit. You when you're, On your Matt Damon podcast, you were talking about ER. Yeah. And how popular ER was because you had four channels going at the time. And <laughs> obviously the same was true when you watched baseball. We watched on Channel 38, I remember, and 
and it didn't come in real well because we had rabbit ears and yeah. So sometimes the the picture kind of went out a little bit, but um, I what I remember is the month of, when um, thinking that this team has really got a strong possibility of winning, and then Rice got hit in the wrist, and yeah. uh, he didn't play in the World Series, and that was seventy five. Yeah, yeah, that was seventy five. Um, seventy five. I mean, we've had. We came so close a couple of times that that decade that uh, I just never thought we'd we'd uh, win it. So it was fun to hear you and Damon talk about the euphoria. Well, especially him. Uh, he's he's such a fanatic baseball fan. Yeah. Uh, how meaningful it was that we finally got over the hump. So, yeah, it definitely we, it definitely removed. It was like having a tumor removed from your ribs or something, where you're just like, wow, I feel so much better. This is great. Right. It's so much more light. Well, also, <laughs> you know, I, I think if we were all honest about it, we, I still feel like we're playing with house money. Yeah. You know, we, we've won three times. We won five years ago. The 13 team, nobody ever thought that team was going to win a World Series. Uh, I can still see Ortiz's home run against Detroit going in the bullpen. Uh, you know, a lot of things had to go right. That was unbelievable. Which, which is going to be true this series, uh, you know, to get past the Yankees in a five game series, I almost would feel better if it was a seven game series. You know, the, the hot team takes a five game series over and over. So I don't know who the hot team is. I, I didn't like to see Stanton and uh, judge get home runs the other night, but you know, hopefully that they're not the hot team. What Yankee, what Yankee scares you the most? Uh, I, you know, it, it's going to sound weird because he had such a shitty season. I think he hit in the 180s. But Sanchez has our number, um, especially when we throw two lefties at him. He worries me. Uh, we seem to pitch well against uh, Judge and Stanton, but uh, Sanchez has, hits us pretty well. How about you? You know, the, the guy that always scares me the most is Brett Gardner, but it doesn't seem like he's starting. Uh, he, he always hits us, you're right. But if we start the lefties games one and two, he's not going to be out there, you're right. That that Luke Voigt kind of scares me though. He's just been red hot for he's know, red been red hot for like seven weeks, it's just, and it's and, not and stopping. Why did, they, why did they get him? Why did they have to get him? By the way, because I mean, it was supposed to be Greg Bird's job, and Greg Bird just shit the bed for two straight months, and they just kind of threw this other guy in, and he started hitting. So, and he, he really was a thrower. And I, I mean, Cashman obviously made a great move picking him up, and yeah, he has that uh, old Yankee power hitter look to him, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, um, which team? Which team is the closest to winning a title? The Celtics, the Red Sox, or the Pats? I'd say the Red Sox. Um, I would say. The, I mean, it was. Great I would say the, the Celtics. Pats. You say the Celtics not you mean this year? Yeah. Oh. I think I think a lot has to go right for this Red Sox team to win the World Series. Because the sale not being sale and not knowing what we're getting from him, I think really throws us into flux in a lot of ways. We don't have that right. one stopper. It's a it the the recipe for this team as a World Series champion team doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm not saying they can't win, but right. um, 
I, th- to but me, I look at the Celtics. The, the East is, it just seems like they can own the East. I think they have a real chance to get the best record. And against, you get to the finals, who knows? So I would, I would actually put them, I would put them even and I would put the Pats third because I think that defense is pretty scary that the Pats have. Yeah, I'd put the Pats third because the defense and the defense uh, doesn't look any different than the defense we had out there for the Super Bowl. No, um, no. And, I mean, you know, the real test, you know, last night was great. And I, did you ever have one moment of doubt that we we're going to win that game? Because I, I certainly didn't. But their big test, their first big test of the year is a week from Sunday. Kansas City really looks good. Right. You bring Mahomes into uh, Boston and it's going to be a great game. I look forward to that. Kelsey's one. a bad matchup. Tyreek Hill's a bad matchup. You'll be happy to know uh, nephew Kyle is ready to buy a Josh Gordon jersey. Oh, you know it. He's 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 <laughs> well. He's so I, fired I up. The two, I actually can see the two of them hanging out. I don't think there's um, any doubt. I think they would. My yeah. last two jerseys I bought were Chandler Jones and uh, Jamie Collins. So I'm right there. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I got two jerseys hanging in the closet. That I can I never wear. Well, you know, I, I know the the. Uh, I don't know who they have living with them. Usually, the uh, Patriots are smart enough to have somebody. Like living with like a sponsor, a yeah, no, like, like a Josh Gordon, like a babysitter you, kind know, of. You know who who they wouldn't be asking to live with Josh Gordon, nephew Kyle, cousin Kyle. Uh, you guys <laughs> are on the same page. So great, yeah. so great. Uh, yeah, that would be a mistake. I got super, I got super excited, and I, I still don't trust this Josh Gordon thing. My guard is up a hundred percent. I got super excited when Brady just heaved it down the field into the end zone and Gordon just caught it with two guys out of, cause it was like Brady throwing to Moss was like one of the great sports experiences of my life. It really was. Well, I he, just loved it he, so he much. Didn't, he didn't just throw it up. I know he threw it up there. No, I mean, obviously he saw that there were two defenders and one receiver, but Gordon did you and I texted about it. He did something that we haven't had a receiver do since Randy Moss, which was uh, he went and got the ball and didn't let the defenders anywhere near that ball. Yeah. We, we don't have that guy. We haven't had that guy. I mean, the, the guy we let go to the Rams, um, Brandon who Cox. had all those yards last year, Cook, uh, that was the big complaint about him. You threw, Brady threw the ball up there. You never saw Cook going aggressively to get that ball. And that's exactly what Jordan did, and he really showed his athleticism. You just, you just, you don't know. Nobody knows. Can he stay on the right path for three more months, or four more months, or the rest of it? You know, who knows? But he I, certainly looked great last night. I just enjoyed that you called him Cook and then Jordan in, in the same explanation. That's great. Is it Josh Jordan? Uh, he's much better than Brandon Cook. <laughs> Did I get the, the names wrong? Yeah, you might have. The oh, Cooks, okay. Brandon Cooks. Juju and, Sweezer. Yeah, Cook. Josh Gordon. Juju Sweezer. Ju- right. Juju, Juju, Su- Juju Switzer. <laughs> that was the one on Sunday. You're really, you're really, in October, you're in playoff form. This is great. <laughs> I, uh, I, he brings something, Gordon brings something to the table and this is why they traded for him. And what bothers me is he's sucking me in and we're heading to like, you know, week 10, week 11, we're like, man, our offense looks great. This Gordon thing really worked out. And then you just get the ESPN news ticker. Josh Gordon has left don't the Patriots. Don't say it. I, I just, I don't, I'm just, I know it's like an 80 to 90% ch- definite chance that's happening. 
So it's hard to get that invested. There was a very uh, funny and kind of cute story in the paper the other day. It was uh, Sunday when the uh, Red, over the weekend the Red Sox had the, one of their final games against the Yankees, and uh, Jordan was supposed uh, Gordon was supposed to be at the uh, Patriots Stadium for practice um, and to look at film, and he got there like an hour and a half early. And I, th- I think I think he's living in a condo like five minutes away. And they asked him, you know, why did he get there so early? And he said, well, he left early because he didn't want to get stuck or caught in the Red Sox traffic. And somebody said to him, do you, do you know the Red Sox don't really play near here? And he said, well, you know, Boston drivers, I, you know, I, I had to leave early. So <laughs> I thought that was a good sign and kind of a funny story, actually. That's great. Given that uh, Fenway Park is about an hour away from where the Patriots play. They should have one of those trackers on him so they know where he is at all times. I, I, I'd offer to have him live with Molly and me. Um, oh, in your house. You know, some, That's great. Somebody need, yeah, somebody needs, he, he wouldn't want to go up and down the stairs. So he'd be pretty, and he probably likes dogs and he'd do fine. But all right. Somebody needs probably to watch dogs. Okay. That's exciting. So Josh Gordon, you have an offer to live in Beacon <laughs> Hill with my dad if, if uh, you're interested. Um, so you had your... This whole sports month started out last weekend. You were here and you went to my son's, my son's playing travel baseball this year. You went to his doubleheader and he had three hits for you. So I thought that was well, a good omen the, for the playoffs. The, 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 the greatest thing was, you know, he had two, they split the doubleheader. He did the first game. They lost nine, eight. They killed the team in the second game. He played wonderfully. He gets in the car. We're driving home. And, uh, I think uh, your wife asked, you know, did, what did the coach have to say to all you? Because the, the coach took all the players out to the outfield for about 20 minutes after the game, second game. And he said, well, you know, they they all cheered for me. And so one of us said, what do you mean they cheered for you? And he said, because the coach told the team that I was the MVP of the day. And he wasn't even going to tell us that. Uh, you know, it just kind of came out because we were asking him what they were doing in the outfield. So I like that he's a humble kid, um, and I hope he maintains that part of his personality. But he he played great. He was really terrific, and your daughter was terrific the day before in soccer. It was great. It was a good grandparent weekend for you. Well, great grandparent weekend. It sucks that you chose to live three thousand miles away. I don't get to see this very often, but um, maybe you'll come to back back to Boston someday. Well, we had a. Uh... We need we need Ben to we need baseball to come through for him because it's his one chance to get into a college. I think might be it. Well, I yeah I worry about college only because when he's in that special program at McLean's Hospital for kids addicted to Fortnite, um, I'm I'm worried that he's not going to be in college. Well, you'd be happy to know since you left, he has not played one game of Fortnite. It's been completely banned. He's after probably sneaking, sneaking it somehow. Although my my mom now thinks you're the narc that you narked on him, <laughs> so it's after the parent corner story in the podcast on Monday, I, you know I feel like you threw me under the bus in the parent corner. By the way, I hope your son doesn't live, listen to parent. No, he de- he definitely doesn't listen to it. He's too busy watching other people play Fortnite on YouTube because that's the closest and, and, he can get. Closest he can and get. I did not follow my grandson into the bathroom. You have a, uh, you continue to have a nice way of exaggerating. Well, I got that from my mom's side, though. Just like I, your mom, I know. Yeah. I know where that came from. But. I take most of the story and then I turn it into my own story. Well, <laughs> I, I believe me, I remember 
45 years ago. They're happening all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had like uh, a year and a half ago, I got you and my mom in the same room and she told her versions of stories from the 70s and then you told the actual story. And yeah. it, it honestly should have been televised on like Facebook Live. It was incredible. All the stories that she has just added things that didn't happen to over the years and just perfected into these blend of fiction and nonfiction. And then you just coldly telling us what was true and not true. It was amazing. Well, I don't get that opportunity often. I mean, she, she's telling your kids these stories that, that are kind of interesting and, right. you know, they would have been kind of funny if they ever happened, but of course you can't think, think, think that they happen a hundred percent. So right. I think every, probably once a year we need to get in the room and, and, uh, the truth needs to come out on these stories. My dream uh, podcast would be the two of you together as she tells a story and then you, you, you tell whether it happened or not. She never wants to come yeah. on though, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All right. I I look forward to FaceTime you forty times over the next couple of days. Um Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. All right. Talk to you. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right. Thanks so much to Jacko. Thanks to my dad. Thanks to the kid Marrow. Uh thanks to all the Red Sox fans out there. We're gonna need to band together. We need to make this happen. I I'm we're I'm officially concerned. Red Sox minus one fifty favorites in this series, best of five. And uh, I'm concerned. What else can I say? Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the basketball that's coming. Enjoy it all. Enjoy the college football. You name it, enjoy it. I will be back Sunday night with the cuss. Until then. <laughs>